This is episode 39 of the Popcast. Hello, welcome to the Popcast, the pop culture podcast from Vernacular. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. Each week, we'll dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments. First, the snack bag, where we cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we dive in-depth into one pop culture story or event. And third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed, but should definitely check out. Welcome back, everybody. Another week, another podcast. Maureen, how are you? Oh, wait. Another solo podcast from Josh. No Maureen this week. So here's what happened. Our schedules got a little crossed. When we were going to record, Maureen was doing something else. And then when Maureen was ready to record, I was watching college basketball because we are in the midst of the NCAA tournament. So even though we live in the same house, I am recording solo this week. So we may be looking at a slightly shorter episode. So let's jump right into the snack bag. I've got a couple of fun stories for you all this week. The first one that I came across is that Chris Evans, aka Captain America, now that he is wrapping up his time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it sounds like he wants to be in a musical. So he has proclaimed his desire to be in a musical. I guess he means a movie musical. I don't know if he wants to perform on stage. But apparently, he wanted to be in West Side Story when he thought it was happening in the early 2000s. So there were rumors way back in the early 2000s that Steven Spielberg was going to be directing a a live-action movie version of West Side Story, which is now actually happening. But when he first came to Hollywood in the early 2000s, his agents told him, look, Chris, you're too old to play in this movie, and he was super disappointed. So now he's decided that now that he's further along in his career, he wants to be in a musical. So my first question is, can he actually sing? And obviously that's the most important thing if you're going to be in a musical. He wouldn't be the first Chris to be in a movie musical because Chris Pine, star of Star Trek and Wonder Woman, was actually in Into the Woods, played one of the princes, and he was pretty good. So I did a little digging, and it does seem like Chris Evans can hold a tune. He was in a film called What's Your Number with Anna Ferris, and he did a little bit of singing in that film, and it sounds like it was actually him. Okay. You won! Also, a small clip of him singing in an interview. So, 
you know, I'm I'm not uh I'm not against him being in a musical after hearing him sing, but I'm not I'm also not bullish on him being in a musical. He's expressed interest in being in a remake of Little Shop of Horrors, which I could get behind. He said he wanted to play the dentist, which is I think it would be a good role for him, not the lead, but certainly a fun role that he could sink his teeth into. I also read that there is going to be a remake of Guys and Dolls. And I think he could actually be a good fit for either Sky or Nathan in that in that film. So Chris Evans' agents might want to get on top of that. I think the bottom line here is that I don't know if I love the idea of a movie star getting to star in a musical movie just because they said they wanted to be in a musical. But that being said, he has cut his chops on Broadway. He's done a couple of straight plays. And he would sell a bunch of tickets at the movie theater, so I can't hate on it that much, if he actually does his own singing. So we will stay on top of this story. If Chris Evans is cast in a musical, we will be the first to let you know. Okay, next snack bag topic. Earlier this week, Apple had a big com press conference, and they announced a new service that they're going to be offering called Apple TV+. Plus. It is yet another streaming service, you know, to add to Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and everything else that's already out there. And their service is set to launch this fall. So the interesting thing about Apple TV Plus is that they have bagged a number of major stars and already has some really premier projects in the works. So they have a show called The Morning Show that's going to star Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell that's already been picked up for two 10-episode seasons. They've got a post-apocalyptic drama starring Jason Momoa, who is on Game of Thrones and is currently starring as Aquaman in the DC Universe. That is going to be called C. A Jennifer Garner-J.J. Abrams collaboration. Jennifer Garner and J.J. Abrams previously collaborated on the ABC show alias, which was one of my favorites back in the day. There's also going to be a Sarah Bareilles J.J. Abrams collaboration called Little Voice, and fans of the podcast and friends of Maureen and I know that Sarah Bareilles is one of our favorite singer-songwriters out there, so that would be really interesting. There's also going to be a series from Steven Spielberg, and then they've also snagged the involvement of Oprah, we're talking about the Oprah here. You know, to me, it just seems like they're do they're pulling an old Oprah here where they're saying, you get a show, and you get a show, and you get a show. Because it sounds like everybody and their brother is going to have a show on this Apple TV+. Plus. So I guess what I want to say about this is that, first and foremost, it's annoying to me that there is yet another streaming service out there that you're going to have to pay for if you're interested in any of this content. And yet... Apple almost has me hooked with the teaser trailer that they showed at their unveiling of this and all of the big names. So if there's a free trial of this, I will certainly give it a shot. And if I can convince Maureen to give it a shot and pay for it for a little bit to watch some of these shows, I think we will do that too. But as listeners of the podcast know, Maureen is very against all of these streaming services and all the money we have to pay. So it might take a little convincing. Last snack bag topic this week, I came across this thing because The Matrix was released 20 years ago in 1999, 
And there is some recently released casting what ifs. If you're familiar with the Ringer show, The Rewatchables, they do a whole segment on casting what ifs. And it sounds like before Keanu Reeves was tapped to play the lead in the film, he is the star of the Matrix franchise playing Neo, they considered a number of other A-list actors, including Brad Pitt, who was actually signed to play the lead role, but then he finished filming the film Seven Years in Tibet and decided he was too tired to play the lead role in The Matrix. Then they convinced and signed Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, Maureen would be squealing if she was on this episode of the podcast. Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be Neo in The Matrix. Now, I think he would have been a little too young, but that's a little beside the point. But he decided that after filming Titanic, he was going to be sort of over and out on another CGI movie because there was a lot of green screen work on Titanic. Then, famously, the one that I actually knew about and had heard about before, they asked Will Smith, yes, the Will Smith, to play Neo, but he decided to turn it down for, that's right, Wild Wild West, the very terrible film that he starred in with Kevin Klein. And then before they got to Keanu Reeves, this is the one that, that was so interesting to me that I just read about recently, they asked Sandra Bullock to play Neo, and they were going to change the character to be a female if she agreed to do it. She obviously turned it down, and then a year later went on to star in Miss Congeniality, so probably okay for her career. She's done quite well for herself, has won an Oscar, but man, it would have been such a different movie had any of those four people been in the lead role instead of Keanu Reeves. I don't know if the movie would have been as iconic. I think it probably would have been because... The film wasn't iconic because Keanu Reeves was starring in it. But man, that would have been super interesting to have any of those people, especially Sandra Bullock, because the the movie, I think, would have been so different. Okay, that will about do it for the snack bag this week. But before we jump into the marquee topic, here is a quick word from our sponsor. Do you ever listen to an episode of the Popcast and think, man, I'd love to give podcasting a try. Or maybe you think to yourself, that Josh, he's a hack. I could do my own show about pop culture. I'd want to keep Maureen, though. She's great. Well, I've got good news for you. Anchor, the very platform we use for the podcast, is the easiest way to make a podcast. Their platform is super simple to use and gives you everything you need to make your show in one place, either on your phone or on your computer. And the best part? It's completely free to use. They have the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast, and they'll take care of distribution so you can make your voice heard everywhere from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to Google Podcasts and more. You can also make money from your podcast, and get this, there is no minimum listenership required to start making money. So what are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, back to the show. All right, everybody, marquee topic this week. I want to talk about the HBO show Veep because its seventh and final season premieres on Sunday, March 31st for its final run of seven episodes. Veep began its run on HBO in 2012. It was created by Armando Iannucci and it was based on a British show called The Thick of It. Iannucci actually left the show after the fourth season due to difficulties working in Baltimore where the show was filmed at the time 
and trying to maintain his family life in London. Because he is Scottish, he lives in the UK. So David Mandel, formerly of Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm, took over as the showrunner and head writer, and he was actually, fun fact, the first American writer on the show, which is pretty amazing when you think about it for a show that is about the vice president of the United States. Veep stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Tony Hale, Matt Walsh, Anna Klumsky, Reed Scott, and Timothy Simons, among many other great character actors. It's actually one of HBO's most critically acclaimed shows. Julia Louis-Dreyfus has won an Emmy for every season of the show, including six in a row before it took a break last year. And the show itself has won Best Comedy Series at the Emmys for its past three seasons. Now, I mentioned that the show took a one-year break, and that was actually because Julia Louis-Dreyfus had breast cancer and was recovering from that. And then once she was fully recovered from that, they decided to film the final season. So I want to talk about a couple things with Veep. First, my overall thoughts on the show. I think that this is a really great show. It's actually the most that I laugh out loud when watching a comedy. I don't watch a ton of comedies anymore. Most of the shows that I consume are dramas. But I would say this is actually the funniest show that's currently still airing on TV and one of, if not the funniest show I've ever watched. It's witty and fast-paced and incredibly clever. If I had to pick an MVP of the show, so who I think is the absolute best on the show, I, I don't know how you could give it to anybody other than Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is just really a powerhouse in the lead role. She's just consistently really, really good. She's amazing in this. And I think the most interesting thing about it is that this is really her third huge role in her career that has earned her critical acclaim. So obviously she played Elaine on Seinfeld. Then she was in a show called The New Adventures of Old Christine, which ran for four or five seasons on CBS. And then she completely pivoted and did this show, which is a completely different character. So that just goes to show you what a great comedic actor she actually is. But if you took her out of the running, because I think most people would say that she is the most valuable player of all the characters and actors on Veep, I actually would give the nod to Timothy Simons, who plays a character named Jonah. So Jonah, in the first season, works for the president of the United States, and his character is a loudmouth, and he's annoying, and he has a really small role in the White House, but he comes to the vice president's office a lot and sort of flaunts his limited power and says, oh, I work for the president, and how important am I, even though he's not? He's just really, really funny, and he totally embraces this absurd role, and he does it in a way that still makes him believable as well. And actually, I read this when I was doing some research for this podcast, that the role was originally written for someone with a much different look, so Simons is tall and lanky, but they actually wrote the role for someone who is short and stout and kind of fat and overweight and smoked all the time. They actually rewrote the part for Simons once he auditioned. He was that good. So he would be my my choice if you took Julia Louis-Dreyfus out of the running for MVP. The other thing I want to talk about is, is it possible that this show is actually overrated? So this was actually my biggest fear before Maureen and I started watching it. I had heard so much about the show and just how great it was and how funny it was. I just didn't buy the hype. I'd never seen any clips, but I just couldn't imagine that it was as good as everybody was saying. 
And I would get actively annoyed every time Julia Louis-Dreyfus would win another Emmy for performing in the show. I mean, she won six in a row, and I was just thinking, how is this possible? But once I started watching, it really made sense why it had such critical acclaim. The show really is that good. I can totally see how if you've heard about how great it is, you might think it's overrated as well. But that leads me to my recommendation, which is I highly recommend this show to anybody who's interested and anybody who's looking for a really good comedy. It's easily bingeable, first of all. So the episodes are all less than 30 minutes. There's There have only been 58 episodes. So really easy to consume. It's razor sharp, laugh out loud funny. And I think best of all, because I know this might be a concern for some people as well, it doesn't really come down on either side of the political spectrum. So it's hard to tell what political party Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character, Selena Meyer, falls into. So no matter which side of the aisle you are on, it's just a really clever look at the absurdity of politics in general. Now, I will say, with a slight caveat, that the show is for mature audiences. There's a lot of cursing and other things of that nature. So beware, not for kids, but certainly a fun, really enjoyable show for adults. Okay, that will about do it for the marquee topic this week. I know Maureen would also recommend the show if she were on the the podcast as well. Maybe we'll get her quick take when she rejoins us on the podcast. But with that, let's move on to teasers. And just one teaser this week, since it's just me, And my teaser this week is a bit odd. I was on YouTube and I got a recommended video from the American Idol YouTube channel. And in case you're wondering, yes, the show was previously canceled. Yes, it is back on the air. And yes, it now airs on ABC after previously airing on NBC. I don't watch the show, but the clickbait title of Guy Wows Judges with Original Song got me to click on the YouTube video. And even though I don't watch a show, I was super impressed with this guy. His name is Alejandro Aranda, and here's a snippet of what he sang for the judges. Hold me closer to your fantasy. I can try to be the one you love in me. I'm feeling sort of like a burden. I feel that in my heart. Are you letting go of me? I see the words across her face now Saving my last breath for you Broken hearts molded to prove Needless to say, he made it through the audition and is cruising on the show thus far. I'm probably not going to tune in just because of Alejandro, but I am going to keep tabs on how he's doing because he really seems to have solid talent and originality, and I think he will go pretty far on American Idol this season. If he doesn't win, he will certainly have a career in music after the show. 
Okay, that will about do it for this week. We have a special episode of the podcast coming up next week with two special guests. So Maureen will not be on next week, but she will be back very soon joining me on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash popcast. We would love to hear from you, and we would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the show. You can also reach us by emailing the podcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We put out a new one every Friday, and if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating or a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. <laughs>